Eh, Sharif just sent me like a video of like some scary shit that he say. My friends made me watch this yesterday. I couldn't sleep at night. Oh my god. Then she's like, Chibai, last night I want to close my eyes. I kept waking up. Fuck, <laughs> what is it? It's not like Pochon Flying Fox, right? <laughs> yeah, we watch later, watch later. <laughs> Welcome to Digressions Include, a conversational podcast between your hosts, myself, Dina Maliana, and my co-host, Huda Osman, as we ramble through a topic and see where it lands us. So, hope you guys have been well and have enjoyed both the long weekend and the Love Languages episode we dropped on Good Friday. What's different this week is that this is the first time we're releasing an episode on a Sunday, which also coincides with Remy and Mahira's wedding day. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we say these yays like every single episode. I know, I know, but we gotta but celebrate like, something, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I like that. I like that we're celebrating something yeah. like every week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, if you guys recall our long-distance relationship episode, um, yes, those two lovebirds are getting hitched right at this moment, and we're. Okay, will we be there? I mean, I think by the time this goes out, yeah, I think it's, we will it's done be. already, no? I, no, so, so it depends on like what time I post it. So you guys get your fingers crossed and maybe I'll post it in the morning. <laughs> la, huh? But most yeah. likely, uh, it will be at night. So it'll be done and dusted. They will be officially married by the time this goes out. So, okay. yeah, for their first <laughs> night, maybe they can listen to this and like soon, <laughs> like put them in the mood. Who knows? <laughs> Ew, no. Okay, I hope not. I, uh, Remy, yeah, I hope. Remy, a shout out to you. I hope not too. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, as when, you li- when you listen to this, we'll probably be having fun at her party. Mm. But um, as we celebrate that milestone, we're also changing tone a little this week to focus um, on a topic that has been gnawing at us for a little while. Um, mental health is a prevalent issue that has been in our pool of conversation um, only because you know I think in this modern day and age um, it's I wouldn't say it's common but it's it's not something that um, is unusual anymore like because I think uh, spending time in the city and then with the work stress and everything, it's it's something that should be constantly spoken about. We're glad that at this point in our lives, our conversations surrounding mental health have sort of transformed into something that's really taboo and into something that needs to be addressed. Because, like I said, living in the big city, I mean, just living in, in these times is very stressful. Mm. And um, it's something that we really need to open the table to. Speaking living in Sing- yeah speaking about yeah mm. so living in Singapore I feel like um, we have sort of a platform to talk about it um, but I feel like in other countries like take for example Indonesia or Malaysia I don't think this is something that's really outwardly spoken about mm-hmm. so on our side uh, mental health has been something that the both of us have struggled with perhaps all our lives uh, we don't have grandiose goals for this episode, but what we hope is that it reaches the people that needs reaching and normalize the conversation, especially in the Asian community. Um, we will speak about our own personal experience, our experiences of dealing with our mental health issues, how we cope and manage them, and at the same time speak about how we manage the people around us that may or may not be suffering from the same things. So, I, um, I mean... Like if you if you've heard past episodes, you'll know that I do uh, deal with mental health. But I would like to open this the floor to Huda uh, to start off like telling her personal stories, and then I'll just chime in and contribute. Yeah. So Huda, the stage is yours. <laughs> really, really opening <laughs> up the pit into something yeah. extremely dark and deep, man. <laughs> um, okay, so basically, I think I've been wanting to do this episode a whole lot because. Not only have I dealt with it, but because I mean, majority of the people around me, um, we've been talking, and especially through the past year, it's been uh, the the issue surrounding mental health has become more of a common topic because of the pandemic, and everyone's just shifting into a new normal, right? So it's it's become somewhat more normalized the conversation. Um, but mm. for me, I think. Uh, it started off as a child with anxiety. Um, so, so people kind of have this misconception that um, anxiety, anxiety and chronic shyness is the same thing. Um, but, uh, well, at least for me, I don't think so. Because 
you know you watch documentaries and you watch um uh, and you read books and you sort of dive a little bit more into what these things mean and how they relate to you and i think as a even as a child i dealt with anxiety to a degree that my peers did not um so like like having to speak up and speak out was a challenge um overthinking was a challenge and um even just like sort of uh, going to school and being scared of the circumstances uh, that surrounded that like for example grades or dealing with friends or even like speaking to, to teachers or authority figures um, became so paralyzing and I think that's the one thing that is the difference between that chronic shyness as well as anxiety is that it becomes paralyzing um, so, so yeah I've always dealt with anxiety as a kid but then as I grew up um, so this is undiagnosed because I have my reservations with regards to being diagnosed but uh, as I grew up I think I suffered from acute depression and for me that switch uh, I thought was, was, was sort of clicked on when my dad passed away so um, I think that state of mind combined with grief and sadness and all the things that uh, that came with that, that circumstance made it a lot harder for me to uh, navigate through being normal lah. so but the thing is is that about my depression is I think it started long before that there were always bursts in time where I felt that I couldn't function as a human being and it, it was even difficult to get out of bed and do something do something you know it's not even do something big like go out and you know, take a hike or whatever but it's just to get out of bed was like an impossible task for me um, and and I had no motivation to do anything my appetite uh, despite being my size uh, it my, my appetite like decreased and shit like that but the signs sort of grew even more after my dad passed away um, and with people surrounding me telling me to, to be okay and that was mm. not effective I think I think for you as well like dealing with depression mm. and then like having people telling you that you know you're gonna be okay and um, just walk through it it's something that you can handle does not help mm. right <laughs> no not at all yeah yeah so i mean i mean um okay i don't i don't really know which foot to start this off with but i think the mm. one thing that really triggered me uh one of the times um post my father's death was when i realized that uh okay so there was an incident that happened and i completely broke down um and I sought out my my mother for comfort and things like mm. that. Uh, and, and I was just... My mental state was just so bleak and dark and just overwrought with this blackness that I can't fathom for myself. Lah. I didn't mm. understand what was happening and um, what more like the, the people around me. So I couldn't put it or articulate it into words. Uh, and I came home and I broke down. And my mother kept asking me, like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And I got so frustrated to a point where I just shut down and locked myself out from everyone. And there was something that happened. Uh, okay, I don't want to put anybody on blast, like, here or right now. But um, my family sort of decided that, okay, maybe it's good if we had, like, a... a I want to call it exorcism session but mm. it's not but you know how Malays or Muslims like kind of <laughs> like to exorcise the Satan out of you um, yeah. when you can't exactly pinpoint the cause of these things right yeah, so yeah. it came from a good place I, I have to admit that it came from a good place it came, f- it came from a, a religious place and uh, they said that okay why not we do this tahalil session and maybe you'd feel better afterwards and I think the thing about my mother and her family is, is that uh, they're firm believers of these things are within your control and 
I was a firm believer that depression was also something within my control as well back then. Um, but slowly I came to realize that it's not. It's something that overwhelms you and is um, and is paralyzing to a point that you can't handle it yourself. So mm. that's where like all of these surrounding factors come in. So mm. back to that story, they decided to um, say lah, like you know why not we have this and we have a session with you and then see like you know if you're closer to God then maybe it's uh, it's gonna be better and I agree with that with a level head like right now I reflect on that in retrospect and I'm like yeah if I you know create some sort of a relationship with God and reconnect to my faith and my belief it would bring me to a better place but at that point because I was so unstable um, I sort of lashed out and not I mean, I I feel like sometimes when uh, sorry to interrupt sure, by the way, sure. um, I feel like also when you try to go to someone for comfort, maybe not even to seek an answer, and then when someone comes to you and suggests you things that are they themselves don't know about, like for example, you come to them saying that okay, I'm feeling a certain way, and they don't understand what you're feeling, and then they mm. they're just giving suggestions based on nothing. Yeah. And they're like, let's take the first thing and like just throw it in your face and then just do it. I think that's the part that makes us very angry is because like I don't need you to diagnose me. Yeah. Like I just want you to just listen and be like, look, I'm I'm feeling a certain way. Can you listen to me? And then after that, it's like all I want like, and then we can work things out from there. Like, give me my options from there. Exactly. Not just yeah, not just like shove it in my face. Like, like no offense to people who use religion as a crutch or anything. Yeah. Because I feel like it depends on your face again, but at the same time, it's like you, like it's, it's very, um, disappointing when you you get like build the courage to go up to someone and then they just shit all over you, yeah. like really dismiss like or invalidate what you're feeling, exactly like that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, but I, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I was just like sort of thinking about it and in a situational sense as well because when that was suggested to me um, it was supposed to just be a casual dinner and it was after mm. a week of um, me being a really bad place in my mind and I wanted to just spend time with family and um, yalla, and just have a quick dinner and be like you know and act as if everything's okay because I wanted and needed that at that point uh, so yeah for, for it to break and then um, I just saw a feel like felt incredibly betrayed because one I already told my mother that no don't tell other people yet um, like about the things that are happening because I'm still trying to digest it but then you know like at that point during dinner like it was brought up um, and I sort of just felt incredibly stifled la. like I can't even go through these emotions on my own and try to figure them out yet without being imposed on you know and I felt kind of disrespected in that sense yeah and mm-hmm. I think for a couple of weeks after that I sort of distanced myself from family and just dropped off the face of the universe um, every chance I got and, and yeah la, it made me feel worse la, as a human being that it was something remotely something wrong with me something very extremely wrong with me and um, for people to sort of just uh, how I like like uh, what's the word dismiss it yeah to just dismiss mm. it as something that can be exercised out of you is mm. it's such a concept you know yeah, so so I think after then I sought companionship with Dina because I know that she has go she had gone through um like like things like this and she knew where I was coming from. So even at that point I think I was already beginning to be suicidal. So um and, and it hasn't stopped, I think. Um, especially during the past year, uh even though I've gotten to a better place in terms of my mind, uh, that suicidal tendencies have been popping up every now and again, especially in the last couple of months. 
And I remember having a conversation with you uh, during our staycation. And that mm. was, I think February's have become like, I don't know, seasonal depression is not a thing. <laughs> la, but like, I think February's... Oh, but it is though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean like, seasonal depression comes with like, people who live in the Arctic and shit like that, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean like, for me, February's have been really hard because it's been, um, historically has been surrounded by death and... Um, yeah, and like my birthday is sandwiched right in the middle of the death of two people that I'm very like I love a lot, and and yeah, when we had that staycation, it was just incredibly hard for me. And I was talking to Dina, and I was saying that you know sometimes when I talk about sui- uh, when I think about suicide, it's such a I don't feel anything anymore. Like I feel that that's the silence that carried carries on with that is just something that I seek uh, which mm. is a terrifying thought and yeah and I don't think mentally I should be there so um, I'm grateful that I have friends that uh, that know where I'm coming from and know how to handle me um, but I also feel that I need to get professional help lah but I have my own reservations with regards to that. But before we go into that, those reservations, um, mm. why not? Do you want to share any? Like, 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 you want to share your experiences? Mm, okay. Um, okay. Th- there's there's this thing surrounding um, when you have mental uh, a mental health disorder or a mental health issue. There's this shame that shrouds the person like experiencing it. Like for me. Um, every time I try to talk about like what I feel and everything, I feel sort of almost ashamed, and only because um, I don't want to present myself as someone who is weak, or I don't want to present myself as someone who is this way and is justified by the men- my mental health. You know, I don't want to be defined as my mental health. Right. So yeah. So when I talk about it. Um, I'm I'm happy to talk about it. It's just it's just that I don't know why there's just something that um, that makes me feel embarrassed, lah. Like so, I've I've dea- I've dealt with depression. Uh, I think since I was a small child, maybe before even before ten years old or something. But I never knew what it was until I was maybe about sixteen, seventeen. I just remember myself to be this like really sad person all the time. Like I thought crying was a my personality because I just I just right. <laughs> I was just like really always sad all the time. Like I really didn't know what's wrong with me. I just thought that was normal. Mm-hmm. So when I was like yeah, when I was sixteen, seventeen, like I I was like some, some incidents happened with like my family and being sent away and things like that. Like it 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 was from there um, that it dawned on me that okay look maybe I might be suffering from something because like yourself the suicidal thoughts crept in when that incident happened so that's like that trigger right mm. so um, I felt like I wanted to kill myself but uh, I mean trigger warning uh, I, I felt like I wanted to, to kill myself but not in the sense where I just wanted to die but more like I wanted me to go away like I felt like me not being there would make everything better for everybody else you know and maybe like and that in, would bring me some sort of peace because I feel like um, as a kid like I never understood why some things happened to me or like why things happened the way they happened even if I was uh, directly involved or not so I just like my whole mindset when I was a teenager was like if I wasn't here then everything would be better and that's sort of um, I mean when I went into adulthood it sort of got better but not re- I mean but also not really because new problems came and like there were like uh, other stresses you know yeah. so it never really sort of left um, but the only thing that changed was um my attitude towards it and like how to handle it better so I along the way I just figured out like some things to help me cope like I know uh, talking about uh, stuff helps like talking about it out loud helps like keeping a journal helps 
yeah. um, and things like that. So there were some attempts to like end it. Like it got to the point where I I tried to end it, mm-hmm. but um, to end my life. But uh, there's always something that's stopping me from doing it, because I feel like when I think about doing it, and then I think about all the things that I have not done for myself yet, like I'm. It feels like I'm putting myself, letting myself down. So there was there was one time where I was just having those thoughts, and I was writing in my journal, in my in my blog. Then I I was telling myself like, you have you have to keep living lah, like because if you don't, then you'll miss out on like so many things lah. Like yeah. at that point of time, I wanted to. What? I haven't seen Frank o- Frank Ocean live. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to see Mashua Leila. Like there were many countries I want to travel to. Like I want right. to, you know, have a family, things like that. So yeah. I was just thinking, like if if I weren't here anymore, then I won't be able to do all those things. So it it was that those thoughts that kept me from, you know, like snap me back into reality. Yeah. But again, it's not as easy as just like snapping myself back into reality yeah. and the feelings disappear. You know. Exactly. That's what I wanted to ask you as well. I mean, mm. like, um, wow. Okay, 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 sorry. Like talking about suicide is such a heavy topic, but mm. I mean, you know, snapping yourself back from such a dark and profound thing, and like then thinking about the things, no matter how menial, like what, seeing Frank Ocean live, getting married, blah mm. blah blah. Um, what was the switch? Like, how is easy was the switch? How did you convince yourself that? Um, there is still something to live for. Was it instantaneous? Like, okay, I need to watch Frank Ocean before I die, or was it like it took a lot of convincing yourself before you reached mm-hmm. the point where you're like, okay, I don't, I, I don't want to do this right now. I mean, no, it wasn't easy. It wasn't like to even think about like, uh, what I wanted to do to get to that point mm-hmm. was not even. It was not easy. So like, I was just sitting contemplating about. Uh, trying to put things into perspective lah like right. why do you want to do this and then like if you do this then what is the consequence of doing this and then you, then I asked myself like will I be happy if I do this like will it really make me happy if I do this and then you know you just sort of go down the, the, the line and just keep I just kept asking myself Yeah. Um, I remember like at, at that point I think uh, this was when I was 24 25-ish then I just met um my then boy my then ex-boyfriend yeah. um, I think he gave me like a resource like a checklist of questions like so he said like I think in the in the in the list uh, he was like if you're feeling like that then go through this list so that sort of put things into perspective for me mm-hmm. then once I uh, like got, went through the checklist and everything and then I just really sat with myself and was like um, okay so if you if you really don't want to die then what is it do you really want right then I just realized like I just wanted a change of environment mm. like if I could be another person like I would or, but then again I'm stuck with me now so what do I do then right. yeah and then like I listed out the things that I enjoy the things that I'm grateful for like the people around me like who I love and care and then I th- at the point of time like my relationship with with religion was still kind of alright um, so I, I turned into that also so I thought like there was a period of time where I just hated God so much like for making me feel the way I feel yeah. that I I just wanted to boycott him lah so I was just like I'm not gonna do anything you you want me to do yeah like yeah like I, I don't I don't I, I don't fucking care like you made me feel this way then I don't I don't fucking want to do it but then like uh, I think it was as cliche as it sounds but Ramadan like rolled around and then like um, uh, I think me and my then ex-boyfriend we were like exchanging like religious stuff like religious texts and everything and then I realized like, oh I like doing this like I like that I'm able to share this with somebody so that sort of just kept me going also yeah and then I, I realized that me being alive the pros are more than me being dead you know what I mean right. so it took a lot you know it took a lot of like sitting down thinking snapping back into reality but 
yeah but but it's not yeah it's not as easy as like okay after you do that then everything is okay because the feelings like after that it just like it continues lah like you just sort of like kind of suppress it yeah. just sort of try to live your day to day life you know but it's just sort of it's just waiting there it's just waiting for yeah. you to allow it to creep up you know yeah so that's how he has been since then lah yeah I think okay not to like like trivializes or whatever but I think mm. this also ties back in as, as to why we love pro- profilers so much because it allows <laughs> us to like further understand like the psyche like our own yeah, psyche yeah. and how to manage these emotions as well mm. as manage ourselves uh, um, yeah. which has been particularly a challenge <laughs> for, for, for us <laughs> all our lives um, yeah. but but I mean the conversations because I mean for for me I think as a person um, how I grew into further understanding mental health issues is by uh, by my my surroundings and by my friends because I mean prior to knowing Dina I had the mentality that mental health was something completely beyond your control like for me being sad is equals to being depressed yeah it was that mm. kind of mentality but you know I was a 16 year old so I guess I can I can blame it on youth and my ignorance um, but but I mean after knowing people personally who are going through the, these things and not just only dealing with depression but like other types of mental health issues like schizophrenia and, and bipolarism and 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 yeah and things like that, um, sort of opened me up to this an entirely new realm of, um, how to manage, and be kind, to the people mm-hmm. around you. I think that's one of the most important contexts because I mean if you were to like shove religion or whatever la, your 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 belief system down another person's throat, then, what like it could easily just go the other way you know mm-hmm. like for me my experiences is that if you re- if you shove religion down my throat then the more i want to kill myself mm-hmm. um so uh, w- when we speak about these things especially with the people you love and the people around you it is important to note to do it with em- like a great degree of empathy. Yeah. yeah. Empathy, caution, and if as much as possible, if you know somebody who's suffering from it, then learn about it. Don't treat them as if like, oh, you're feeling that way. Oh, what the fuck? I don't know what to do. You know, like, yeah. I'm just going to leave you alone. I don't know. I think that's very like dismissive. Yeah. So, yeah exactly and I very like you choose to be ignorant but for what though you know exactly i think yeah. like like you said earlier in singapore at least there is a platform that's opening up to talk about these issues um uh in a more broader sense but i just had a conversation with one of my friends um in indonesia and he's uh, perhaps suffering from a lot more issues than the both of us are um and there is no platform for him to speak about it because the community, uh, speaking about mental health as a community is still not accepted. So, so it's one thing to deal with these things in the first place and it's another thing to not be able to express yourself and not be able to get the support that you need in order to counter this. So mm-hmm. for him, it was um, a lot surrounding like his friends and family just dismissing uh, his his illness and basically asking him to fuck off and get yourself fixed lah. and mm. yeah I mean for, for for all of us if we were able to fuck off and get ourselves fixed wouldn't we already have done it you know <laughs> yeah so um, gaining better knowledge about these things and um, speaking to people who are suffering from these things gives you a little bit more insight about how they feel about it and how um, how we can contribute to make it easier and better for them mm. yeah I think that's um, yeah yeah because I, I know this friend like I know this person mm. right and I, I like on the surface we just know, know him as this like really friendly like wacky kind of strange but very interesting person 
who doesn't show the signs of what a typical like mental disorder is like or a mental this mental health sufferer you know shows uh, as in yeah la, basically shows yeah. the but i think there's a huge like misconception like when people say like oh i'm depressed or like oh i have bipolar and then like they have like a sort of uh, a very stereotypical idea of what it is and then they match it to the the actual person suffering from it and they're like no i don't think you suffer from it yeah like is that quick like um quick assumption saying that no you don't have it you you like for example like i i suffer from like depression right so uh if i'm happy and stuff like that or like if i'm if i'm talking or i'm able to function like doing a podcast or go to work and stuff like that people automatically assume i'm okay Mm. or like if i don't talk about it or like um you know just act fine like people just think like oh but you're cured you know like oh you should you must be fine now you know but you don't understand that it's I, we're not fine you know we're just managing it well so that people like you don't shit on us when we go out into society you know yeah exactly yeah exactly. so i think it's really important like if you know if someone reaches out to you and tells you like oh i'm suffering from something it's you have to like basically check in on them and be like so how are you feeling these days like mm. do you need anything it's like it's really important for to remind the person that they're not alone in this or to make them feel stigmatized you know yeah because yeah, i mean yeah. like them coming up and like wanting to have a conversation in, with you in the first place with regards to the issues yeah. that they're going through already takes a lot of effort yeah and it, it does. takes a lot of um it's not easy, you know. It's yeah. like it's like trying to tell someone that there is this invin invisible thing that's following you around. Yeah. And it's affecting the way you function as a human being. Um, mm. but it's even more difficult for them to articulate it in words because sometimes you just don't understand what's happening to you. Yeah, you don't understand. Yeah. So like Yeah, if if they're opening up a pla- like they're they're opening up a conversation with you and it's because they have a level of trust um, mm. with you and in, in your relationship to want to open up about themselves. Otherwise, mm. you know, like, like, I mean, the general Asian consensus is that, like, mental health issues, come on. Like, what the hell yeah. is that, you know? I feel like the whole general Asian consensus on mental disorders and mental health issues is that the person suffering it is the one to blame. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, which is... Uh, to me it's kind of dumb because it's like why would anybody want to put themselves in a situation like that you know like it could be anything that makes them you know the way they are right now but victim like i wouldn't say victim blaming but blaming the sufferer is the number one no no i feel like yeah it just invalidates their entire experience exactly it's it's exactly like victim blaming for when uh, Mm -hmm. like like Oh man! Oh no! Okay, I I I shan't say it. It's it's too yeah. Much. <laughs> right, right. Okay, carry on, carry on. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like it's 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 important that um, yeah. if you know somebody dealing with or having a hard time, even if they don't show it, you know. But if you already know that, you know, maybe they've had a conversation with you about it. Just, just be 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 careful, uh, Not careful. Just be considerate. Be kind. Yeah, considerate and kind around them. You know, cause you just like I, I say, like I'm a big advocate of like you never know what they're feeling, yeah. like you just never bloody know, yeah. like you just never know that the, the one action could lead to something drastic. Right. You know, and I think so, I, and mm. I think this also relates to the point about like um, receiving tra- treatment because yeah. a lot of yes. the times when okay, for example, like if I feel a chest pain and I would most of the time normal people would seek out the thoughts and opinions of their friends okay i have this symptoms um should i go to the doctors should i go to a gp should i go straight to the uh, ane it's that sort of thing so when someone comes up to you and says that oh okay i have been feeling some type of way these past couple weeks couple years couple months whatever it is it is also them seeking out an opinion uh whether they should get themselves checked out so i think my reservations with regards to getting treatment is because uh here i okay this might be controversial in in a lot of sense but i don't feel that um in singapore we have 
a good understanding of how to manage mental health in the first place in order to treat it that's why i hold myself back from um seeking out like you know therapists or uh or or going to psychiatry psychiatrist yeah because i think that 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 pool of knowledge is still very by the book and by the yeah yeah it's yeah i think like yeah, yeah yeah i think the thing is is that we know people who have gone through like the motions and have gone through like meds and things like that mm-hmm. and it has not gotten better for them in fact it has gotten worse so mm-hmm. that's always my reservations about getting treatment and because it's not just these things that are presented on the table because it's highly deeply rooted on past um traumatic incidences that uh, that have contributed largely to what I am dealing with now that I am um, not confident in going to, to professionals because I don't mm. think that they can deal with it and I don't think that um, the gravity of this can be resolved through, through yeah, the inexperience yeah. but what about mm. you? do you think, are you on the same um, level of thinking as I am or what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree. I feel like the whole uh, mental health uh, uh, thing, the whole mental whole, the whole mental health psychiatrist. No, no, sorry, <laughs> cut, wait, wait, cut, cut, cut that it's out. That cut that time it out again. Cut, <laughs> it's that time again. Cut it out. Okay, no, 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 no. It's um, I feel like the whole mental health situation in Singapore is not like properly developed yet. I feel like um a lot of Asian values still sit on and Asian values and stigmas still sit on uh, this 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 at uh, this sphere where we're not able to fully expand on it properly the way we need it to be expanded to lah. Um, personally I feel like there are different levels in terms of like receiving treatment like depending on the need or, of, of the sufferer I feel like um, it re- uh, Singapore doesn't cater to those needs. Like there are different levels. It's not, but the way Singapore does it is that uh, it's a one size fits all kind of thing. Mm. And and I personally feel this way because um, in Singapore it's really hard to get like a proper good psychologist without like having to give up your entire like life savings for them to help you. Yeah. And then they, it goes in different tiers. So you have like the counselors counselor level where you can just go to them and sort of just talk up to them about your problems but they don't have the specific knowledge to help you and guide you and then you can go to like the psychiatry level where they, they kind of use science and what and medicine uh, no, and um, medical knowledge to assess your your thing your situation but they won't necessarily have the understanding of your situation like on an emotional level so they'll just assess it based on a logical clinical uh, parameter yeah a clinical and logical parameter so but they don't go into the deep the deep the the core of it Mm. and then and then finally you have the psychologists who you know are really difficult are really expensive number one and then like very hard to access for common people or especially if you're a teenager trying to deal with some like dealing with something psychologists are like really really like inaccessible and then if you don't fall into if let's say you can't like put yourself in any like through any one of these people then they probably just admit you to IMH for some sort of disorder like as funny as that sounds it's like okay let's just put you through the Institute of Mental Health first and then we'll deal with you there and then once you're okay and then you can just get out but it doesn't really solve anything I feel because yeah, we what the hell what's the point of that like honestly yeah, we yeah. really dealt with people who have gone through that process and just came out like shells of themselves after mm. so yeah rather than being helpful it might more be dangerous but yeah I mean I, okay so the thing is is that like through this podcast we're not aiming to be like the end all or be all of, of like mental health in Singapore it's just that mm-hmm. the, this is coming from our own experiences and the people that we know and the people that we meet so perhaps it will shed some light on what it is like here but it also means that our 
situation will differ from everyone else that you're listening yeah. to. I mean, if you're lucky and you and you can afford it, you'll get a really good like doctor. Mm. But but from my experience, like when I went to try to see a, a psychiatrist, like it was pretty much like surface level, and it did not like really help me at all. Yeah. And I don't think my condition is so bad to the point where I would need like medic medicine or like medicinal help. So she couldn't really prescribe me anything also. So it was just like uh, okay, like why am I spending like hundred something dollars to basically say the same thing as I am if I were doing it to like if I were to be like doing <laughs> okay, that time I again. think yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> like if I were to just write in my journal it would probably have the same effect, you know? Right. But yeah. I yeah, I think it's also the process of seeking out a therapist or you know whatever that is suitable for you is also important yeah. but it's also time consuming and resource heavy la. Uh, yeah we i mean in singapore we all know like we have we don't even have the time to look at, at ourselves in the mirror it's so fast paced yeah. everything is you know like on the go 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 so mm. Mm, certain times we gotta sacrifice our mental health for everything else, but um, yala, I I feel that um, as Singaporeans, we constantly stifle ourselves from our own emotions and don't allow ourselves the space to feel and be the way that we are. Um, and it doesn't help that you know the society is the way that it is and uh, the stereotype is the way that it is and everything else just culminates into if you are not a certain type of person then you are a failure mm. so perhaps there needs to be like a change in something in the culture in the conversation something um, I, yeah I, I think I think we should just cultivate this um, idea of just understanding one another like don't question them just sort of under try to give them benefit of doubt you know mm. like for example like um when i'm at when i'm at work i suffer from anxiety like a lot like uh, even when i when i came on my, came to my to my new workplace on my first day i was just like really anxious for no reason like even though i know there's really nothing to be worried about but it just comes right and then when i'm when i'm having anxiety and stuff like that it prevents me from being like the real 100% me the full potential me so i i just go into the workplace and i i like it hinders me from talking to people or like trying to be open with people and sometimes i get judged for that like people just see me as like cold or like reserved or like a bitch you know but <laughs> inside i'm just suffering from high levels of anxiety and i'm yeah. and, and generally i'm just quite a shy person un- unless i you know i'm already warmed up to you yeah exactly yeah and so I, I feel like people should understand that just because someone is a certain way doesn't mean you know they're being a bitch or something like that yeah, yeah. you never know honestly yeah mm. you never know so why not we speak about like how we manage our issues? I think up until this point I haven't learned so much about managing, but what about you? Uh I would say that over the years wow, it's been how many years I think like <laughs> since So long, you're 20, so old. <laughs> Sixteen, seventeen years that I've been dealing with this. Um uh, it's not easy in the beginning. Uh I, I was very I was very rebellious yeah. in the beginning I, I didn't want to accept me as this like crybaby useless always up in my feels kind of person mm. and then um, after many years after like when I when I grew older um, I learned to use some tools like writing is my crutch and then um, trying to focus on the things that I like helps a lot also like I like to read uh, cookbooks and food blogs just to understand like why people do <laughs> the things they do with food. So that helped me. Yeah, so that's fascinated me, like, behind the science of it. Yeah, yeah. It. 
so I, that helped calm me down a lot uh, breathing techniques uh, as stupid as that sounds um, really helps a lot also so there's some oh, days where okay. I will cry until like, I cannot breathe like fuck already then <laughs> there will be, yeah there will be some breathing techniques that will really just help you calm down uh, it's very very important for anxiety also that that you learn how to breathe properly when you're having it yeah and then um, things like talking to being able to create a sp- an open space with your friends or your si- or your siblings or your parents yeah that helped me a lot also so i'm i'm very lucky that i'm able to talk about it openly with um huda and rachel um my sisters not so much like even though they know i'm suffering from this but it's kind of a difficult thing to talk to lah with them because maybe because i'm the older sister mm. and they don't see me as that pers- that's that person who who is supposed to have it so I try not to be that person in front of them yeah. um, but they know lah but they know so creating an open space for yourself that, that space that safe space between you and uh, your loved ones is very important like establishing it right from the beginning not like because it's, to me it's unfair that you're su- you know that you're suffering from this right and then like you just expect you, the people around you to, to get you because like like if I'm suffering from something and I'm like going through a really bad episode or some shit like that then yeah. it's important that I communicate that so that I can receive the comfort that I need rather than yeah. I go into something and then like I act up and then the person's like what's wrong with you and you're like no shut the fuck up understand yeah, me like yeah, that you're to being me unfair yeah to like the other person as well correct yeah. correct yeah <laughs> so I think like as much as we know about our own um, I mean, we learn and we grow, right? And we learn and we grow mm-hmm. about uh, our blind spots and our the points that we uh, take note of with regards to our own personal mental health issues. Um, and to make it easier for us, we can also make it easier for the people around us to sort of um, know our triggers and uh, know what they can do to help us along the way it is not mm. their responsibility I think that's an important thing as well yeah, it is not yeah. their Im- responsibility to make you feel better but at the same time it would help you a lot as well if uh, you don't because I think I am um, I'm guilty of doing this because I, f- my process is to drop off the p- face of the planet um, when it comes to so dealing with my my really downtime so for for like two three days at a time i will just you know disappear from my friends and my family and like yeah like, like by the end of it and then you see like you have like seven thousand text messages and asking if you're all right um and i don't think that's fair for the people around me to experience uh so maybe communicating your process in the first place would help your relationships and won't have your relationships suffer if you ever need to curl inside your own existence. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like as uh as I learned to speak about it to to the like to communicate it, right? Like because it takes some sort of uh rational structure to be able to communicate what you want to say. So mm-hmm. I feel like when I learn how to do it in a structure, in, in, when I learn how to explain my condition in a more structured manner, it helped me put whatever I'm feeling also into perspective. Communicating to someone because you have to to tell them in a rational way, right? What you're feeling in terms of your condition and things like that. So you got to structure it in a way that they would understand. So uh, from there also, it helped when I was when I'm communicating it to someone it helped me put my own feelings into perspective so from there I learned to understand like, okay today I'm feeling this way and then like what like is making me feel this this thing like what do I want to do from it like do I want to just block you out or like do I want some alone time whatever it helps put things into a structure so that mm. once you finish doing the the stuff that you you're communicating to the other person you're like it helps you gain a better understanding of what just happened. Yeah. At least for me lah. Mm. Yeah, I think that works though. Because I think putting mm. a structure to it um, allows you to understand where you're coming from a lot more mm. than if you were just like 
okay, you know, I'm not going to deal with this. Yeah. yeah. So putting a structure also will help you when it comes to receiving uh, a diagnosis or receiving um, professional help lah, in a way. Uh, yeah, because I don't know, it's... Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think the toxic thing about my process is that like if I am just not in the headspace, uh, I fuck off right away. Like, you guys can 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 do anything and everything that you want, but I am not coming out of my shell. Um, but that makes it such a painful process to go through because you're putting other people, um, in a position that they don't want to be in. You're putting yourself in a position that is, uh, vulnerable to affecting the relationships that you've already cultivated and that you've already um, developed with the people that you trust and love lah. so trying your best with the people who already understand what you're going through and are willing to help you and be with you is also very important to keep I feel yeah I think it's a two way thing lah. Mm. like you can't just go to the person then expect them to do all the work for you, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. They, they can help you, of course, but you also gotta, like, try to... Try lah, as, as much as you can, yeah. um, to make it easier. Like, to make that make it easier for them to understand you, so that if you do act out or if you do some shit, then they will understand. It's easier for them to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, we, we might be tackling this in such a haphazard way and in such a yeah. undetailed way, but yeah, everything that comes to mind um, has been from how we have dealt with the people around us as, as well as how we have dealt with our own struggles and yeah I'm not gonna lie it's fucking difficult to talk about this kind of shit because yeah it's difficult yeah, yeah it's very um personal it's it's a thing that only only you know yeah how to yeah. deal with yeah exactly yeah. not, not go- like even sometimes like Dina and Rachel are like my safe space but even then it's difficult for me to sort of bring myself down from this ego-centric way of thinking and say that, okay, you know what, I have an issue and I'm feeling such and such and such. Um, and and I'm constantly, in my head, I'm just constantly expecting a negative reply when in real life, like, my friends will provide me that space and that time uh, to, 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 to speak about it and to be comfortable about the issues that I'm facing. But I think battling your own psyche is... The first uh, hindrance, uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it is like th- like I mentioned before, like this this unexplained uh, shame that comes along with trying to reach out. Mm. So that's something you just gotta tell yourself, like it's it's okay to talk about it. Mm. Yeah, you gotta tell yourself, like you're you're sick, and if you're sick, what do you do? You go, you seek something, right? You don't mm. just sit in yourself and just like suffer. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So just, just you gotta keep telling yourself that lah. Yeah. And to be honest, like you can't control like a per- another person's response to you, but if you surround yourself with the right people, then I think most most likely they won't yeah. they won't put you down for it lah. Yeah. I think I think yeah. we've been we've expressed this over and over and over again, but we've been very lucky to have mm. the people around us that that. Yeah, that are willing to understand us from where mm-hmm. we are coming from. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, thank you guys. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank th- thank you for like literally everybody who has listened to my shit. You know, yeah. who who knows who knows deeper la, of the shit that I go through like literally yeah. every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. without you guys, I don't think I can I can even function well enough to do this podcast. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, mm. for all the listeners that have been listening to us thus far, we know. Like y'all come from far and wide and all the things, um. Mm. But let's not make this episode define us. Um, as you can see, yeah. we <laughs> function like any other h- normal yeah. human beings for the last what twelve episodes, thirteen episodes. And yeah. Yeah. This is a side of ourselves that I feel needs to be also out there because we're in, we're some of our parts, right? And this is one of our parts. Yeah. Mm. But if you want to define me, you can define me as sexy free and single. So 
Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And you can define me as a sack of potatoes. <laughs> I'm happy with that. <laughs> So uh well, yeah so I guess I guess on that note um yeah. we just would like to thank you for for listening to us thus far. I mean please don't um define someone by their mental illness. I think that's that's unfair for the person. Yeah. Um just just you, I mean just the same way as you don't uh, point at a, can- a a cancer patient and be like you're cancer. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Why so that's that? I mean it, you're if you cancer. Put it that way, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you if you if you say it like that, and like, oh, you're depressed all the time. You're just the epitome of depression. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't sound nice, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you just don't point to like a bald-headed guy and be like, yeah, you you're you're cancer. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, I'm not defined by my illness. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So um, yeah, just something to to remind ourselves. Yeah. 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 Good. Good. Good way <laughs> to end us off. Um, <laughs> Caillou. No, <just> <laughs> Caillou. <laughs> <laughs> Do I fucking love Caillou as a child? I know uh, everyone and like anybody and everybody hates Caillou, but I love that child. That I used to. Maybe that's why I'm such a spoiled brat. But I fucking love that cartoon. I don't understand why he doesn't have hair at such a young age. No, maybe it's just his like it's hereditary. We never saw his father, right? <laughs> a hereditary to be bald at five. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> we talk about self love episode and like self confidence and then you bully a young child. What the hell? <laughs> he's a he's not a real child. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, and but, uh, yeah. I think mm. before we like wrap this up, um, we also I mean okay okay the thing is is that we've we've raised this issue um on our Instagram page with regards to men can being able men being predators. And yeah, the whatever that has transpired over the past week or so, uh, has been quite disturbing for us. There's a there's a personal story there, um. But mm. we like to appeal to all women to stay safe, uh, and, and like if there's nothing else that you can depend on, uh, there's me and Dina on the digressions include podcast that you can reach out to and mm. you can talk to, be it. If you are being predated on, or if you have any mental health issues that you want to speak about and seek, and just seek a listening ear for, um, you can talk to us. Um, but more importantly, stay safe to all the women out there, um, and to all the men, fucking do better, man. Like honestly. Yeah, I mean, being a woman, you got to deal with mental illness and men, so it's just like that's that's not right, yeah, right but, there. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah but, like, not. fucking put in effort to yeah. do better as human beings. Seriously. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's. Okay. On that note. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On that note, let's wrap up this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in once again for on today's uh, mental health episode. We hope, uh, we you mean you've gotten some insight on, uh, mental health issues and just mental health in general. Um, treat each other kindly. Uh, no matter what you're going through, no matter what they're going through. Mm-hmm. So um yeah we'll see you next week. Oh Please no! Oh, okay, yeah, 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 sorry, yeah. sorry. Okay, oh, maybe no, the thing is, is that we might not see you next week because we're planning to just take <laughs> oh, yeah, like yes, yes, a yes. week off and celebrate yeah. uh, Mahira and Remy on their special day. So we might not be recording. Uh, so by the time you listen to this, uh, it will be a week break before you hear from us again. We'll update you on the digressions include Instagram page. Uh, you guys can listen to us on all of the. What our primary podcast listening things, which is which is Spotify, Apple, as well as Google Podcasts. Okay, sign us off, Dina. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, whatever who does it. So. <laughs> yeah. So to 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 end it off, so uh, please also find us on Instagram at digressions include. Uh, if you want to reach out to Huda and myself, she's at uh, Sushi Vigilante, and I'm at Little Daggers. If you want to drop us a personal message. Um. Yeah, we're all or on Anchor. Yeah, we're yeah. also on Anchor. You can drop us a voice message on Anchor. Um, as well, if you want us to listen to your voice, your sweet, sweet, sweet potato fries voice. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're we're always open to conversations, and we're always open to having conversations. And we really, really are thankful that we have heard from all of you listeners, and we are continuing with your review. Mm. Yeah. So love okay. you. Stay safe. God bless. Happy Easter. <laughs> happy Easter. Hope this episode hasn't been too depressing. But yeah, we'll be back for more happy times next. 
next episode. I'm sorry, happy times. <laughs> For more light-hearted times in the next Light-hearted times. Alright, Kim. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye. Fuck <laughs> <Hot> la. <laughs>